we are geek-centric, and you can be too. What's up, geeks, and welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Nate, and this is episode two, Attack of the Clones, everyone's favorite Star Wars movie, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) If you're just joining us, this is a weekly show covering the world of film, television, gaming, toys and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me once again on the show, we've got the juvenile, J-Law. Hey, hey! And to his right... We've got the Kevinator himself, Kevin Hudson. What's going on? I told you I'd be back. <laughs> so how's it going today, guys? Good. Wow, doing well. Yeah. yeah, just getting the day started. Very cool, very cool. What you, you guys been kind of... Uh... Well, we're going to do some work on some video stuff after this recording, but yeah. uh, we thought we would start the day off. Any by... kind of sneak, sneak peeks or, or previews we can get? I mean, by the time you're listening to this... The video that you're discuss- discussing probably will be out, so I guess we can. Kind I don't of talk know. Can we it. give away any details? Oh. I I think we can. Yeah, we're uh, we're doing our first giveaway. We're going to be calling it the 1K 10K giveaway because we missed the 1K milestone. Right. So we thought, based on how fast we've just grown, um, we would wait till the 10K so we could do a double stack, double whammy, double whammy. Yeah. Very cool. We're both. Yeah. We're both just donating things from our large collection that we would love to see. Yeah, some uh, pretty cool pieces, though. Mm, yeah. Definitely, definitely yeah. worth checking out. Nothing yeah. from my collection, right? No, nothing Not from this your collection. Time. That's thank next you. time. Yeah, next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sure I, my house would, would thank you. Uh, very <laughs> cool. Well, let's move right into Whatcha. Um, so let me ask you, Justin, what you been doing? Yeah, so I've been watching the new television show with, uh, what's her name? Gosh, I can't remember her name right now. Mm. Colby Smulders? Okay. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The How I met your mother. Town or whatever. What's yeah. yeah. Spunket Town. Yeah, yeah. I, we should probably have the name ready to go. <laughs> Spunket Town. Let's um, go. With, it's, let's it's go. A, with it's Spunket a weird Town. Name. I don't yeah. Know. It's. I'm always, it's. I'm always like hesitant or questioning when they choose these names that right. aren't appealing to mass audiences yeah. right away. You know. We saw that trailer in uh, in the theaters. Is that the one we're correct? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. we did. And it kind of looked like. Her character from Avengers in a show, almost yes, right. Yes. yes, it does definitely have like some of those Agent of Shield, um, like her, the um, is it Maria Hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maria Hill aspects to it, but it's called Stump Town. Stump Town. Um, Very close. Yes, <laughs> took me long enough. But yeah, I've actually just uh, uh, it's only two episodes have released, and I just started watching it. Cool. I actually really enjoy it. Yeah, it's getting good reviews. Like, so. like it's it's really yeah. it's a really kind of like fun show, and uh, you're you're learning about her back background, and she's not she's not a cop, but she has like a military background, and it's kind of unfolding in her relationships with certain people. So it's uh, it's really interesting. I, I would definitely say that uh, it's one of the better shows that's on the network television lineup. That's yeah, just those are out. few and far between these days. Yeah, streaming streaming's got the upper hand. I will say this yeah. though: I think that when this show does somehow get syndicated and, and finds its way on Netflix, it's probably going to perform a lot better. Yeah. Um, but for now, it being on, you know, I had to like download the CTV app and you know, find it because I don't have cable. So I was like, I had to somehow. Right, you're not an old guy it. like Kevin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So it was. It's it's enjoyable. I would definitely 
I'm not going to give away too much about it, but sure. uh, I would definitely say if you guys are into that sort of like, you know, cop humor kind of cop aspect. serial dramedy. Yeah. Exactly. Ooh, you th- you very think well it's, so you think it's going to get to a second season? I think so. Yeah. Um, cool. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's check in with Kevin. Kevin, what you been doing? Uh, I got to be perfectly honest. This is a tough time um, of the year for a sports fan mm. to watch regular television. Uh, my beloved Toronto Maple Leafs are back in action every two or three nights. So oh, yeah. there's three hours of prime television viewing gone. <laughs> you know, um, right? It's uh, the postseason in baseball, and while the Blue Jays aren't there, I still like to follow along with that and watch those. So. I mean, basketball's back in a couple of weeks. So this is a tough time. I mean, I know I, I said last episode that uh, uh, I was uh, getting into season premieres and stuff. But again, that's 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Um, so I, I'm trying my best, but uh, failing to keep up with shows. So Stumptown is just, you know, one of a thousand shows that I'll probably never get around to seeing because there's just so much out there right now. Right. But yeah. It's sports time in the Hudson household. It's kind right of a now. good problem to have, though, right? Is too much to watch. It, it, you know, although you, you feel there's a lot of that. What's the the fear of missing out? FOMO. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that going on in TV sure. these days. There's just so much. But, uh, well, you know, you do your best. Very cool. Very cool. And yourself. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, in our test episodes, we actually talked about uh, Apple Arcade, which launched, uh, I guess, a few weeks ago at this point. Um, and let me tell you, I have not stopped playing What the Golf I beat it, baby. You 100%. Beat it. No. <gasps> See, and this is where. <laughs> so I was playing uh, Link's Awakening on Switch, and I've been kind of hardcore into that. Um, and then I, I got to say, I've put it down uh, for What the Golf for a mobile game. And I honestly, I never thought I would say about a mobile game, one of the best games of the year. Um, but I really do feel that way. And I think with with what the golf for those who don't know what the golf is a um it's a game that really the description literally says for people who hate golf (laughs) which like i'm not a huge fan of golf i don't hate it but like um i wouldn't normally play a golf game but this is not a golf game not at all yeah it's funny i showed my uh, brother uh Mm -hmm. it the other day who loves playing golf games on the mobile platform um but i'm like try this one it's different and so, you know, he does the first hole. It's like, it's like every other game. And then, you know, the next hole, all of a sudden the club goes flying. And then the right. next time the whole – The like, person goes flying. You know, and he's, yeah. he goes, oh, this this is different. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he was hooked right away. And I, the, like watching him get hooked in yeah. like five holes was yeah. awesome. Yeah, the humor is incredible. I don't want to spoil too much because yeah. it's one of those games where you're kind of – the the most most of the joke is the surprise out of anything. Um, so from there um, – yeah, I've I've really been digging. Like one of my favorites is like near the early on part of the game, you're you're hitting the ball, and then eventually you're hitting the hole, and the hole has to fall into a giant one shaped hole, and then it comes up hole in one, right? And yeah, the puns um, after oh, after everything are and are so many good. game references too. Oh yeah, it's a lot of really good game references. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I've been mainlining that because you know I've got a friend at work who I would say. Um, I, I like to think that I might play more video games than you, Kevin. Um, and I definitely like to think that I play more video games than this this guy at work. And so he came up to me one day and I was playing Link's Awakening. He's like, oh, yeah, you tried What the Golf? I 100%ed. And I was like, oh, okay, I got a 100%. Like, I'm feeling it. Well, so now, now you, you told me. Now you got that from me. Too, yeah, exactly. Buddy. Right. So, <laughs> so I'll be up all night. Uh, very cool. Well, that is what we've been doing. Um, so let's move into the news. It's all about the details. All right. This first news story is from Ben Travis over at Empire Online. Uh, since the surprise announcement that 
The Matrix is indeed being rebooted for a fourth installment with Lana Wachowski returning to direct. According to Variety, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, that's a name for you, uh, who played Black Manta in Aquaman, um, has been cast as one of the central figures in the new Matrix movie, uh, joining Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, so, guys, what do you think this means for Keanu and Carrie in this next movie in terms of do we think it's going to be more of a maybe like a Han Solo passing the torch situation characters? Are we going to see less of them? Uh, what, are your, what is your take on this? How the hell do you even bring those two back? Yeah. I mean, I get Neo coming back in a sense. I mean, they tease it kind of at the end of that third one there, you know, with the the Oracle sitting there on the bench and she says something about, you know, he'll return when we need him. <clears throat> yes. Trinity gets impaled in the chest and dies and, just, and is just a human. So I don't understand how she's coming back, how they'll make that work in the first place. Right. So I'm perplexed by spoilers all Spoilers for The Matrix, but yeah, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> I think I think the, th- the interesting thing about um, the way The Matrix ended, especially in like uh, the second one, which was Reloaded, mm-hmm. um, when he goes and sees the architect and then he sees the multiple versions of, them, of himself and like it's unchanged. It's not a different person. It's just him repeated so there is they've kind of established that as this iteration of the matrix just kind of get, keeps going he's always the same and he always ends up in that same place mm-hmm. i i hope that what this movie is is exactly what you described like a passing of the torch yeah um because as well as the movies did mm-hmm. um the animatrix and the video game did yeah really really well absolutely um, for expanding that lore and kind of building it out a little more yeah we don't we don't know yet uh who uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen II is playing. Um, I don't think it's even going to be relevant, like until yeah. you see the movie and understand right. who he is. Right? I'm hoping, like it says, central character. Um, I'm hoping he's a villain because uh, he's he's. Have you guys ever seen the Netflix show The Get Down? Yeah. Did no. you watch it? Yeah. It was only two seasons. Um, I didn't watch the second season because I heard it was not not great. Um, but the first season, even if you just end at the first season, I think it's worth a watch. Just that one season, it's really really fun. It's it's good and it, it's kind of it gets serious at times. But he he plays uh, the main villain in that series. So if he could reprise a villain role, I think he would be phenomenal. If you ever well, get a chance well, to watch it, he is the villain in Aquaman as well. Right. So I, I guess mean, he that's... doesn't have much to work with there. He's actually probably the weakest part of that movie. I've never seen it, yeah. And yeah. he's not. It's, it's a little, yeah, there's, there's very little to go with there. He's fine, but. Yeah. Or maybe of... he's not a villain, because like the reality is, is he's already been a villain twice. I mean, right? is he mm. going to be somebody from Zion? Right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I can the, see that. The, the population of Zion seemed maybe a new heavily, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know. Maybe he's the he's the son of Morpheus. Oh, you know, there you go, there you go, there you go. I love that. Okay, cool. Let's move on to our next news story. This one from Samuel Gelman uh, over at CBR.com. Len Weissman has signed on to direct Ballerina, a female centric spinoff of the action franchise John Wick. Um, Man, I did not know where this story was going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's going to be written by the same person, uh, Shay Hatton, who penned John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Um, Len Weissman, by the way, is uh, he's known for the Underworld series. So I think that kind of, you know, dark, female-led sort of action movie, I think it'll, I think it'll fit. Um, but, I mean, do we need, do we need a... Are we were we looking for a spinoff series I, from this movie? I personally am not a fan of the John Wick series. Like I love yeah, Keanu. 
Yeah, but I, really. like, I, and I think the first movie is really, really good. But I think number two and number three are just more just like the same. They're more the same. Yeah. Right? Like I was really underwhelmed with number three and everyone's like, oh, it's the better. It's the yeah, better the, one. The, the, I haven't seen three yet, but like the, 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 the recommendations from, from friends I know and everything of, for people who did enjoy the series, they loved it. Yeah. Like, the casting is, is I thought is three really was better than two. And before anybody worries that I'm good. just waiting for it to be free so I can steal it off the internet, I don't play those games. I'll be renting it on demand when it's available. <laughs> there you go. Just to to, to ease, ease <laughs> some worries out there, but I think uh, I think I love the yeah. world they've created and don't think they've explored it enough. The, right, everything with the currency that they exchange and mm-hmm. the hotels and all the rules and everything yes. like that. Um, and I think that they they started to explore it, but not very much. It just became action, 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 mm-hmm. kill, 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 kill. Yeah. yeah, maybe if this go, it keeps up that that theme of action but yeah. explores the world a little bit more i'd be intrigued to see where it goes I, I i i agree with kevin i think that there's a lot of interest in like the the universe that they've kind of built with with john wick or the world if you will um but there's just not enough explanation and i, I could honestly see them doing like a Kingsman kind of thing where mm-hmm. they do a prequel about like how it all started and yeah. where the currency came from a young ian mcshane <laughs> right well and i think ian mcshane's a huge part of it but apparently he's not even going to be in the the TV series that they're doing. They're doing a TV series yeah. too? Oh yeah. So, God. but that's where, that's where I kind of get into it where it's like too much too quickly. And I kind of, I'm worried if, if this is going to kind of be the same thing. See, but at the same time you say too quickly, here's this matrix movie, yeah. you know, that we just talked about coming out, what, 15 years after the last <laughs> yeah. one. And it's like, yeah. who still cares about this stuff? Oh, a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people really seem to be really, really are people really getting excited. Oh for yeah. This movie? I think so. Man. Based on how bad two and three were. Because there's not many people out there who are fans of that franchise who went the third one that was solid. No, but I think the story. I think there's a huge population of that fan base that are forgiving. I mean, they're a little more forgiving. I'm a big Matrix guy. Yeah, you know that was right at the right time for me. You know, young teen, everything like that. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Right now, everything copies it, Mm -hmm. and so it's tough to to see just how cool the Matrix really was when it first came out. But that that franchise left on a sour note. So this better come back with a splash, and it's not like. Either of the Wachowskis have contributed much good content since that yeah. to make you think, oh, yeah, they just need another crack at that. Yeah. So anyways, I, I think you got to stay – if it's relevant, keep it going, right? Cool. Okay. Yeah, I guess that I, – I kind of agree with both of you. Like I think Nate's right. Like I think they're really just doing a big push for everything John Wick because it is successful. Yeah. But I think that can also be a little bit But of a you negative. guys don't seem to have a problem with three – Marvel movies and four a year and four shows coming out <laughs> and within a year and stuff that seems like oversaturation if I've ever heard. But they're yeah. all different, right? Like they're all going to be different. Like I I see the you know and they're all unique stories on their own that I'm just right. interested in, in watching. Whereas like this is all for the like it's it's all for the motive of like drawing more attention to the John Wick franchise and that world and stuff. I, I don't again I don't think it's a a bad thing. I think as you said, is it something that people are been asking for no. no but people have been asking for more matrix like they to right. kevin's point a lot of fans were left sour with the the final film yeah um just kind of very cop outy, right like just how it all ended um but i know that fans who fans who love the matrix know that there's more in that universe to explore whereas the anchor point for the john wick movies 
is John Wick. It's Keanu. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, does anyone really, has anyone really asked about like all the other things that are going on? Sure, I maybe. Yeah. yeah, I just yeah. did. Yeah, I know. But I think I think the series, the TV series and how well that does. And what's the TV series to, based on really quickly? Like, uh, it's, it's, it's not... John Wick, and it's going to just mostly be kind of what you were interested in, and like all the different oh, hotel cool. owners and different things like that, and kind of focus on multiple different characters. I think the success of either of these, the Matrix movie and mm-hmm. this John Wick spinoff, will be if it's any good. Yeah, that's the only way that you know you can only carry yourself putting out stuff with a with a label on it for so long before right. it's you know I need quality or I'm out of here. And I think it needs to be different. To to Justin's point, two and three John Wick were more. Of the same, which if you want more John Wick, it fulfills that need. But I think at this point, after three movies, we want something different. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Let's move on to our final news story. Disney is reportedly looking to shell out a lot of money for Spider-Man from Sony. This from Kevin Berwick at MovieWeb.com, who writes, Thanks to Holland's extra work and the support of MCU fans, Spider-Man is back for the time being. Uh, But it appears now that Disney wants full control and is willing to pay Sony up to $5 billion for Peter Parker. Guys, is this actually going to happen? I certainly hope so. But I think it's funny because, you know, I think we've talked about this in the past. If, if, If something like this were to happen, they would have to pay more than what they paid for both Marvel and Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Cuz when they bought Marvel first it was for 4 billion, yeah. right? And then they bought Star Wars for close to 4 5 billion dollars. And that's a whole franchise. It's a whole franchise. And how much did they pay for do we know how much they did for Fox and everything? I I, that, I think that's in the high like like 60 billion or something like that. I don't right. know. That was a lot of money. It was yeah, cuz that's all we're talking. You, you're multiple yeah, things, yeah, right? Your yeah, avatars yeah. and Yeah. And it's good that they closed that before they got into the Disney Plus yeah. streaming. Five, and that was 5 billion for one ca- And is this just Peter Parker or do we think this no. is is this the the they would Spider-Man own cinematic everything universe? for that right. much. So, yeah. Okay. So I mean it is more than okay. just one character. It is yeah. a universe They've in got, and of they've, itself. They're going to redo Venom hopefully. You would imagine they would just right. scrap everything else. They could still bring Tom Hardy in. He wasn't that bad. Oh, he was a great Venom, but yeah. I would I would recast it all right. fresh, fresh, fresh. But fresh, get Green fresh. Goblin. That's why like, it's, like, it's just Electro. like I don't want yeah. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. As right. much as I like him, I don't want him in there, especially not if it's a one-off and then he's officially done. Yeah. His closing in Logan was good, gone. Yeah. So very much the same. If you're going to get this property and you're going to reboot it true or like own the, the whole universe and be able to do whatever you want with all the characters' rights and everything like that, fresh, 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 fresh. Yeah. And I love Tom Hardy. Right. But – I think this is the only way this is going to work long term. They right. can't just keep going. Okay, are we going to have them after this movie? Are we going to have them after this movie? You know, it's like it's like signing a, a, your franchise player, right? Uh, you know, on your sports team for one more year, and then you hope. Oh, is he going to be good enough? Is he going to make more money, less money, whatever it is? You know, you, you lock him up for eight years long term. You own the, you know, yeah. they got to go big. Get this thing over with. Get Sony the hell out of this this story <laughs> altogether yeah. and just own the rights. Because they set this character up yeah. to be kind of the integral leader of the whole sort of Avengers, the whole cinematic universe at this point, right? right. He's the new Tony Stark. He's the new everything. So yeah. get him. Get them out of there and, you know, just run with it. Well, it kind of goes back to, like, the other story that I was reading uh, recently about Apple wanting to buy uh, Sony. Uh, oh, really? For their own streaming service, wow. almost similar to how uh, Disney bought Fox. Is Sony actually going to sell Spider-Man? No, I don't think. I think they're going to sell everything. 
if right. they sell. Really? No, like the they, right the whole universe, but but they're actually going to. I don't understand if they're fine if they're finding themselves in like financial debt, like content debt is what they call right. it, where they're spending more money on making stuff and they're not re- getting the return of investment. Right. Spider Man is their largest grossing film, like far, far from home. Right. Thank you, Marvel. Which is why it's interesting to hear that Apple might potentially step in and buy Sony. And the other caveat was that they were just going to hand over Spider Man. To Disney because of their relationship, Apple and Disney are very close in terms of what they do, and they would just hand it over at no cost. But I don't oh, know if wow. that's going anywhere. I don't, I don't know about a no cost. Right. I don't think Apple will be like five billion. No, you know, you keep it, bud. No, I guess the deal. weird the weird but part I, about that is like they're technically competing companies now, right? I mean, Bob Iger um, stepped off the board. Of stepped directors. off the board of directors at, at Apple, right? right? So, so now that. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with Apple TV Plus and sure. Disney Plus, right? It, of course. If you're yeah. a board member on a company that has a similar sort of product product that you are, then it's it's a conflict of interest, yeah. right? So yeah. it makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly hope that they do. I hope they strike up some sort of deal and, and we can just have – because I'd love rest. to see – yeah, I'd love to see – like they've announced Blade, but I'd love to see Morbius, Morbius in a Blade – Serious, you know what I mean? Like he was kind of like a counter to Blade, and then they ended up becoming friends and working together, kind of thing. And you know, it'd just be really interesting to see some of those other universe characters, like yes. Green Goblin, Hobgoblin, you know, all of them, Doc, Doc Ock interacting with certain characters. Like you know, it'd just be awesome. It'd be awesome. Yeah, it would, I, it would I, complete it. I think in the long run, this split relationship of the character, where he's sort of bouncing between, you know, production companies or whatever, or yeah. you know is detrimental to the brand, you know, over, over time. It, I, it's, it, it, you can't have these little, well, Venom is in the universe, but in a side movie and this character is over here. And, you know, the cohesion of the, the Marvel universe is what makes it work. And so get it all over here and it's all under the same umbrella and it's all being orchestrated and planned out by the same minds that are planning everything out. That's the only way this is going to work long-term without cheapening some of it. So, right. Get it done. Let's move on. Let's move on right into trailer time. It's trailer time. Uh, so, guys, the first kind of, I think, real trailer. Was there a, te- I don't know if there was a teaser trailer for it or not, of the Jungle, or that's just, it's actually just called Jungle Cruise, directed by Jane, uh, John Colette Serra. Uh, this is starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Emily Blunt, Jesse Plemons, which I was delighted to see in this trailer, um, and uh, Paul Giamatti, um, based on the Disney ride. Guys, what did you guys think of this trailer? Uh, as a massive Disney head, uh, Magic Kingdom fan, everything like that, it's one of my favorite rides. I'm stoked, and the trailer looks wicked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, in. I liked how in the trailer, you know, you have uh, The Rock Mm-hmm. Taking this, you know, group of obviously wealthy people, and he's creating these yeah. these moments for he's for making them. The it's ride. the actual ride, yeah, yeah. and even cool. to the point where they like, they literally reference the waterfall, the back of water, yeah, and it's like right from the ride, and it was oh. and there, when, there better be puns out the butt in this movie, so at least for the happy. first half, you know, when they're doing this. Shit. Yeah. I love I love it too when they have the native people like shooting arrows, and then yeah. one of the arrows like comes close, and he's like, you know, ease it up, and yeah. then they're like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. <laughs> I thought so it's just it, I thought it was really funny to kind of like at least just put a little bit of that of like what makes the ride so much fun yeah. um into the movie and then obviously there's this 
epic adventure that seems to come. Yeah, did anybody else get like mummy vibes from this? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, the comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the action adventure set yeah. in the, the, the age of archaeology and that sort of thing. Like that very much seems like that's what this is. And I also think it's kind of a little bit like Pirates. Like mm-hmm. it has some of those like aesthetical sort of yeah, absolutely. tone and look yeah. to it. I think the the Rock's character, I like that. He even from this trailer, I got enough different from him than from his other jungle movie um, that he was in. Jumanji. 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 Oh yeah, he's not. Right? Uh, he's not a smolder brave stone or whatever. Right, or whatever the guy's yeah. name is. Yeah. So it's like he he's he's got enough. There's already enough differences there. I mean, it's still The Rock. It's still going to be macho and eyebrows and and fighting. But um, but I think his the aspect of his character trying to make money all the time. I think it's really kind of it's going to be great. Yeah, I think yeah. It's gonna, it looks great. The only the only thing I'll say about this trailer um, that I noticed was in terms of something I didn't like had to have been kind. You you mentioned Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, and um, and some other Disney live action movies being um, had to be some of the the effects and and some of the some of the cuts in this trailer showed some action scenes and I I was like what did I just look at it was just a blurry mess of cg that i don't really know what i saw in certain aspects of it context helps those things a lot sure. i think so you stretch out the scenes and hopefully the shots are longer and they're yeah. not these quick cuts and i think yeah. those things always look better in the full movie scope of it rather yeah. than these quick cuts so yeah. I, I and again as somebody who's not a huge trailer guy because they give away things i didn't feel like they spoiled any of the action elements right who that, the enemies were that sort of exactly thing. Okay. yeah like we didn't even see giamatti in right. the trailer, right? No, no, no. So, yeah, cool. so I wonder who he's going to play. Talking about this next trailer, um, Earthquake Bird. This is directed by Wash Westmoreland. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows. You guys know? No. No, um, I thought that was a, a very interesting name at the end of the trailer. <laughs> I was like, who? Yeah, right. Uh, like, um, So this is starring Alicia Vikander, Riley Cuff, and Jack Houston. Sorry if I'm butchering that name. Um, a young woman living in Tokyo becomes the prime suspect of a horrific murder. murder mortar when her friend goes missing in the wake of a tumultuous love triangle i didn't i thought i was going to get more out of this trailer as soon as i saw the name ridley scott attached to produce it i thought it was going to be something different and to me it looks like uh, 50 shades of gray in tokyo and i'm not i don't know if i'm for it yeah or uh, what was the one with uh, ben affleck there um um gone girl, gone girl yeah. right based on a novel uh the the last girl on the train or whatever that was it yeah. looks like one of these Books I didn't read, yeah. movie I care less about sort just, of deals. That did nothing for Justin, me. Justin, what are your thoughts? Uh, looks interesting. It looks like more of a psychological thriller. Yeah. Uh, very aligned with like... With lots of girl. mortar. I mean yeah. murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it. Uh, I'm interested to see what uh, what it's all about. It's, it's a Netflix movie. Right, but it's doing that thing again like The Irishman. I guess they're doing more of that now where it's releasing in theaters and... Uh, on on Netflix, and I, I think on November seventh uh, was it was it seventh? It was early, yeah, something like that. Is that this year though, or twenty twenty? IMDb was showing twenty twenty, so I don't know if that's I think it's February, isn't it? Okay, it says twenty nineteen on IMDb. Oh, okay, so. maybe I had the wrong date attached for my previous doc. That's okay. Yeah, I cool. think it's the, yeah. So it's coming out soon. I don't know if yeah, I, it's not for me. No, I'll no. pass that one. Next one is, uh, and this one actually. Got me a little more interested. Onward, we got finally got a full trailer for Onward after I think maybe one or two teaser trailers. Uh, directed by Dan Scanlon. He, I mean, you know him from uh, Incredibles Two, um, Monsters 
uh, University. He did that one as well. Um, starring Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Octavia Spencer, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and of course, John Ratzenberger, because he's got to be in everything Pixar, right? <laughs> uh, this comes out March 6, 2020. And it's like a suburban fantasy animated movie. What do you, I definitely got a lot more out of this trailer, I think, than the teaser in terms of what the storyline actually was going to be. Um, but what, I mean, what are you guys' hype levels for this one? This just seems like such a departure for Pixar. It doesn't yeah. look like a Pixar movie. At all. It looks like a DreamWorks movie. Right. I agree. Um, it freaked me out. So I haven't really gotten any positive vibes from these trailers so far. Yeah. I will say, though, that the added element of the father and them basically, it's like weekend at Pixar's. <laughs> um, you know, like that is like, okay, I can see where the Pixar humor is going to shine through with you- the... Yeah, with that element. That literally that sentence may have just convinced <laughs> me that I want to see this movie. I'll now. see it for that, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it still isn't hooking me. I don't like how it looks. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's just different. Yeah, yeah, the the animation definitely looks more DreamWorks Sony Pictures style. Yeah. Um like a for lack of better words a knockoff of a Pixar movie. Right. Um but it the, the interesting thing about what the way Pixar kind of does things is kind of like this like merging of worlds so Mm -hmm. to see like elves and you know unicorns and stuff like that in this sort of like modern suburban landscape yeah Yeah. in a modern suburban landscape looks looks kind of intriguing and that that to me like kevin says it's kind of that pixar humor yeah um but there's obviously a history to to them to their to the background of them and i i'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that's explored um but yeah I, i wasn't really like, oh, yes, I can't wait for that movie yeah. after seeing this trailer. I was just kind of, I had a little bit more like, yeah, it's questions. The, it's the the most underwhelming Pixar trailer I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it reminded me of when I was seeing the trailers for the first time for The Good Dinosaur. And I was just kind of watching and I was like, okay, I just don't know if it's going to make me cry. Like for me, a good Pixar movie needs to make me cry. If I don't cry, I don't think it's and a good Did Good, good Dinosaur Pixar movie. do it? No, man. Oh, I love that movie. Really? I love that movie. Oh, oh yeah. no. No, that was a cheap Lion King knockoff. Oh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. Yeah, uh, all right. Well, um, that, you know, lighter week for trailers. Um, we'll have more, more for you next week. Um, but let's dive in to our topic of the show. This is Movie Combat. All right, this is Movie Combat, where we pit two movies against each other and debate which one is truly a better film. And for this Movie Combat, in the red corner, you'll be defending Jurassic World. And in the blue corner, you'll be defending Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. In the red corner, we have weighing in at 18,000 pounds, the tall, dark, and loud one, he puts boxing in fun boxing, just the Jedi Lawrence. <laughs> and in the blue corner, weighing in at 56 metric tons, first of his name and king of the sandals, full of hot, hot, hot takes, it's Kevin the Rage Hudson. I will crush him. <laughs> okay, boys, I want a clean fight. 
There will be no crosstalk in my ring. Our first round will be sell it. You have three minutes on the clock to sell this movie to me. Fight. Okay, so Jurassic World, the first of a new franchise of films that Universal is coming out with. And I believe that this is the better of the two films because it takes us back to that beautiful place of where we met these dinosaurs and saw the park for the first time. Mm. It is the realization of the success of what Jurassic Park could be. Mm. But there's also some very light meta, I guess you would call it metaphorical sort of referencing. Right off the bat, when we meet uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character, she is uh, meeting or pitching with a bunch of uh, reps for a very high-end company that Mm -hmm. want to invest in the next big dinosaur. And that's kind of like Hollywood. Hollywood is the dinosaur. Mm. Hollywood is always looking for the next big thing. And it's kind of funny because we're watching a film that's just taking us back and it's hitting all the similar sort of beats to Jurassic Park, but it's a different time. We're seeing a different park and it's just littered with advertisements everywhere. We see this park just blown up with, uh, you know, Starbucks and all of these different things. It's fully in, like, it's full success. But what we're introduced to in this movie is this sort of commentary on is it is is it good to be new? Is it always right to have something new? Or mm. do we still just appreciate the classics? I'm going to jump ahead real quick here and say the ending summarizes it for me. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, when we have this vicious new great dinosaur destroying everything and everything looks looks scary and we don't know it's the two classics the non-manufactured the pure original the og tyrannosaurus rex you got a raptor they take this sucker down with a little help from their lovely whale dinosaur i don't know what that whale dinosaur is um (laughs) and i also think even going further uh the other character that i would say that really kind of symbolizes this sort of very meta uh, appreciation for the classics is Jake Johnson's character. Mm. You know, he's wearing the classic T-shirt, right? And Bryce Dallas Howard says, oh, where'd you get that from? Oh, I got it on eBay for $175. The, that classic, that park was like classic. And that's how everyone feels like when they're watching the movie. The, the original movie was a classic. You can't exactly. really go back. The original was a classic. And so instead of carrying on from that and moving forward, they just tried to redo it poorly. All right, Kevin. Before listen, we're not in trash it just yet. We're not in that second round. I get it, uh, but I don't want to sit here for five minutes giving you a plot synopsis because I don't think that's a very strong argument for why my movie is better. All right, Kevin, uh, what really, movie are you defending? I am defending, of course, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, mm. the far superior sequel to its inferior first film. Um, they relaunched the franchise, and um, I think in doing so, it needed to be new. It needed to be fresh. And what better way to do that than finally taking us off the island? I know we got a sneak peek of that at the end of Lost World, and they they had the T-Rex running wild, but that was a hugely underexplored and underdeveloped sub-point that they just instantly moved away from for the third one and went right back to the island. And then what do they do in the fourth one? Right back to the island. So it was so nice in, in Fallen Kingdom to get off the island and see these dinosaurs in a new setting, a new environment, um... And a new context. And I think that's what largely makes Fallen Kingdom the superior film. It's different. At least it's different. 
I think you're absolutely insane if you're going to try and sit here and argue that either movie is good. (laughs) Because I don't think either are particularly good. But where Fallen Kingdom reigns supreme is in that it at least tried to be different. All right. Ding, ding, ding. Let's go ahead and move into our second round. This is Trash It. It's time to get dirty. You have three minutes maximum to destroy the other's film and fight. So, as my opponent Kevin has outlined, it was different. It was a different movie. Only that instead of being caged on an island, they were just caged in a giant house of horrors. Mm -hmm. Cool. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. That sounds awesome. And while it didn't hit the ball out of the park it at least got a double yeah you know it didn't it didn't foul out like the first jurassic world ended up doing Ooh. just a a boring rehash of the original with none of the charm none of the magic none of the none of the the fun and and brilliance that spielberg brought to it trevorrow is a garbage director there's a reason he got booted from Star Wars, your movie can make all the money in the world, but if it's no good, don't you be touching any of our decent, important intellectual property there, Mr. Trevorrow. You go make your flop of a movie, Book of Henry or whatever it is. <laughs> we'll let the pros handle the, the, the tricky stuff here. So I'd be interested to hear then how he feels about something like The Force Awakens, which also... We're not talking about Star Wars no, here. We're but, talking about Jurassic World. Yes, it's absolutely true, but it is in the same vein, hitting the beats to bring us back so we have that reminiscent feeling of what it was like to be on that island in a different period of time. I've done in it a three time, times. In a time when it, we've enjoyed, when, when the park is actually a success, security technology has gotten better, and we still see that they can't control it. They still can't control it. That's still the one flaw in it. And I, I agree that it does feel very familiar to Jurassic Park, but I think that that's done with purpose, and it also has layers and layers of elements that really call into question is it okay to revisit these things? And to your point, do we make it different or do we like the classics? All the characters seem to really kind of embody elements from each, from the past films. Um, But I think at the end of it, it's kind of more of a commentary on just Hollywood films. Did he bring up characters and then reference Jurassic World? There's zero characters. There's no character development. The characters are flat (laughs) and boring and one dimensional. At least... In Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, I mean, you both movies waste Chris Pratt. He's unlikable. He's uncharismatic. So both movies fail there. But at least Jurassic Fallen Kingdom manages to bring out some humor from the dinosaurs. If you're going to make a movie about dinosaurs, why can't they be the most interesting thing? And those dinosaurs are uh, the probably the most enjoyable part of it. You've got the uh, Stigimaluk. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. That's the uh, the hammer, the, the headbutting one. Okay. He's adorable. He's mm-hmm. fun and not overused. He's only in it for a couple minutes, but he's got a great little sequence of events and and that sort of thing is fun. And they they made the dinosaurs in this movie the most sympathetic sympathetic characters in the whole thing. Mm. That's that that scene with the uh, the uh, Brachiosaurus is just heartbreaking oh. where he's left on the island in the cloud of smoke. I teared up. That's the I most emotion up. you've Likewise. gotten out of a Jurassic Park movie since the first one I I I challenge to yeah. say. And you know, the relationship with Blue is explored a little bit more and you see the friendship between him and Owen. I mean, they at least explore some dimension of 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 a character even if it's through bloody dinosaurs. Far more than they do in the first one. Sure. But I would also argue that you have to reestablish the universe. You have to reintroduce people to this new new universe of or this new world of where Jurassic Park is 
now because when we last saw the park it was abandoned it was it was gone they failed at actually doing opening it yeah. because the first movie was a test run that's what we were watching we were watching a bunch of people kind of experience the park as a test run this is actually experienced the park what if they were successful what if they figured out the kinks they actually successfully opened up the park they got all the endorsements that they needed to actually have a successful uh you know make money off of the park and they have like bunches a whack load of people coming in day to day just to experience what Jurassic Park is so now it is the a realization whole bunch of red shirts running around just to get picked off by dinosaurs. That's all that adds to it. I mean, at least you, you're you intimate and familiar with the characters in the original Jurassic Park, so you care when the guy's taking a poop and gets taken out by the T-Rex, and you care when your central characters are being... When pterodactyls are swooping in, picking up random people, there's no attachment to them. So I, I, I get what you're saying, that it was cool to see the park open. So that's five minutes of a movie. What is the rest of the movie? Nothing but rehashes of the original. But isn't, but that, what, isn't that what Jurassic Park is about? Isn't isn't that always about like how humans can't control these animals? Because I think if you, based on your statement, you could easily argue sure, if that's the in point, the Fallen then Kingdom, this... in Fallen Kingdom, similar sort of thing, right? It is, they can't control them because inevitably that House of Terror just breaks out, right? Exactly. This whole movie was the setup for the third. Now we're moving into really truly new territory jurassic world yeah that's what this whole thing is supposed to be building up to they've they've built it jurassic world and now we're going to see the world in a new jurassic period and in that instance right there you answered your own question it i didn't is, ask a question <laughs> but you answered the idea that you have to be able to reintroduce if you're getting towards this whole dinosaurs in the world you start at the park you move into the second wave where they're starting to get out of the park and they're starting to be turned into weapons and monetized and like that whole element's really weird but anyways that in itself is just an exact reason of how we're getting to where we need to be in the third one. Because I think there'll be more appreciation for the second one, hopefully, if they do a good job with the third one. All right. We're going to move into our third and final round. Wrap it. You're going to have just under two minutes to you know, give us your final thoughts on why your movie reigns supreme and really, really, really bring it home. And uh, I think in this instance, if we could... Let's defend maybe not the third movie in the series that hasn't come out yet. Let's defend your movie, Jurassic World or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Fight. I think to wrap it up, I would say that for me and I think for anyone who actually does enjoy this movie, um, it's the nostalgia piece. It's, it is kind of re, it is that rehash. It is those elements that kind of take us back to the familiarity of the park, but seeing it in a new, new setting where it's actually working. Um, and then I also think that the other added element of really the commentary on, you know, Hollywood and the movies, like, you know, the way she references the dinosaur, you know, and saying something like, oh, you know how people are. A, a dinosaur, you just can't, you just can't get by with just a dinosaur nowadays. You need something new, bigger teeth, bigger all around. That's kind of like how Hollywood operates, right? Exactly. Like you can't, and you so can't op- you need something do- new. You need something new. You need something new. And they brought Like a it. dinosaur in a haunted house. And you bring in a talented uh, successful horror movie director. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name right now, but he did The Orphanage, um, all about mood and shadows and tension. And he he brought that forward with the dinosaur Not in enough. the house. Not enough, though. It could have been explored more, but again, at least it was different. Listen, we're not sitting here debating whether 
um, uh, Citizen Kane truly is the most influential film in film history. Right. We're, it should we're be wrapping it up. Sitting with in a car you? deciding what's worse, being trapped in this car with a stinky fart or an Uber driver with BO. <laughs> Both situations suck. But if I had to pick between one, I want something that's different. You know, everybody's BO smells a little different. So I got a different whiff of BO. That terrible analogy to finish it off here. But what I'm saying is stink. at least, yeah, they both stink, <laughs> but at least. Fallen Kingdom, whether it succeeded or not, tried something different. The original Jurassic World is nothing but a poor rehash of the first Jurassic Park. We tried something different. It might have failed. I actually enjoyed it uh, far more than most people. I mean, you look at the IMDb scores, all in favor of Jurassic World. Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, IGN, all prefer Jurassic World over Fallen Kingdom. But I think they're missing... Nostalgia! Sure, nostalgia. But how long can nostalgia carry on for? If I want nostalgia for Jurassic Park, I'll watch Jurassic Park every day of the week because it's Mm. far superior. Mm. But if I want something different, because I've never seen a dinosaur hunting people in a haunted house style fashion. It was different. Uh, I think the idea of selling dinosaurs for, uh, for military purposes is a crazy idea that they was probably underexplored but um i think they tried to look at different angles here instead of what happens when dinosaurs chase people around a park and so that is why i think fallen kingdom is the superior effort all right that was a clean and honorable fight um i have to say both of your arguments are really strong and i I came into this Leaning more towards Justin's side of Jurassic World. But Kevin, your argument for wanting something different and the the parallels we're talking about with one of my favorite series, Star Wars, and looking at the concepts of The Force Awakens being a rehash of Episode 4 and how Episode 8 with what Ryan Johnson did was so different I, I'm, I'm, I'm having such a tough time here deciding between the two because it, in my mind, if I have an argument for one, for one series, I would need to, to defend that argument for the other of Force Awakens versus Episode 8, uh, you know, The Last Jedi. And so looking at it from the, the lens of Jurassic World, yes, having something different, I absolutely love. And I, I think that having so many Jurassic Park movies up until that point but I got to say that nostalgia, it, it cuts so hard into me. But, but, but I agree with you, Kevin, something different. I just think that they didn't do that enough. I think that that movie, I still will go on the record as saying that movie felt like two separate movies. Correct. With the first half being what we get more of from Jurassic World, the first one. And with the second half of the movie being that different, what they're probably going to be doing more with the third one. And so it is because of that that my final ruling as the winner of this first semi-annual movie combat goes over to Jurassic World and just the Jedi, J-Law. 
this is absolutely appalling. You're telling me the reason you chose Jurassic World over Fallen Kingdom is because of nostalgia for the first movie. That's an unfair advantage that I simply don't have. I'm sorry there isn't me, another Haunted Mansion let, dinosaur movie I could hearken back to let to me, bring out those let me nostalgic... Reiterate, it was more the fact that they didn't do enough different in that movie. To your point, different is good, different is better. Yeah, but you're but like literally giving him arguments now. You're arguing things that he didn't even argue. So how can he win the fight? Is this what movie you like better or who argues their movie better? Thank you very much. All right. Let us know in some comments on the Twitter Twitter there, folks, who you think won that fight. I think we'll see a different result. <laughs> All right. Definitely, you know, let us know Sour in the puss. comments. Sound off in the comments below. Uh, I mean, this isn't a YouTube video, but email us at WeAreGeekCentric. That is my final ruling as the judge. Kevin, when you're a judge, you'll get to make your own decision. Oh, I've already made my decision, I think. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you so much. That is movie combat. Uh, let's move on to our last and final segment of the show, Watch Club. In our previous episode for Watch Club, we asked you to check out I Am Mother, directed by Grant Sputor on Netflix. Uh, so hopefully you did that. If not, pause this episode, go and watch it, and come right back. And um, we're going to kind of start with our initial thoughts, then move a little bit into spoilers, and then finally land on a final score. Uh, Kevin, your initial thoughts on this. I mean, I'm kind of afraid to ask you first, but – or no, I think it's Justin that I'm – I mean, Justin messaged me. 30 minutes into watching it, it's oh, like, I'm he, watching this terrible movie. He seemed absolutely miserable. Right. So I'm, let's watching, this, I'm let's watching this piece of garbage or whatever he said to us. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with Kevin's thoughts because um, I want to start on a high note and then maybe we'll move into uh, Okay, so uh, I will break down why I feel the way I feel uh, as we progress through our conversation here, but sure. I didn't mind it. It was yeah. uh, an interesting little movie. Yeah. Uh, a, a little movie being the key word. It, uh, okay. it doesn't have much significance or, or resonance. Cast. Uh, I think that was one of the, the more charming parts about it. I, I, yeah. I was actually quite impressed by that element. Um, I walked away going, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Cool. Justin? Didn't like it. At all. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was very, like, I, I really? think at, at, the beginning, at the beginning I was very intrigued. Yeah. Um, but I kind at of. At the beginning? How long is the beginning of this movie for you when you <laughs> hated it after 30 minutes? Well, I think it was after I kind of started putting it all together and figuring it out, like, We'll get into more details, but I think it's it's very literal and it doesn't necessarily leave too much to the imagination. Yeah, you kind of know how everything is going to play out, and it's, I think I kind of I got that after it. after she transitioned from a tri child into more of an I guess a teenager or a bit of an, more of an adult, yeah. where she was getting more of the questions. And then as soon as I started seeing that, I was like, okay, that's the first thing that I knew that was going to end up happening. Yeah, you, you kind of obviously. Obviously, that's what's going to happen. But I think just in the trajectory of the way things kind of turned out, it was very on the nose and a little just too, like, fragmented. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, as far as it being um, easy to guess in terms of certain aspects of it, I, I agree with you. Um, my initial thoughts, I got a lot of her vibes from uh, the mother's voice and kind of the interaction between her and the daughter. Um, but I think, I mean, her, I think, is a much better representation of a relationship between humans and AI. Um, I mean, I still like what they did with this, but um, I just felt as though, yeah, I mean, it, in our first episode, we talked about Joker and how it plays games with your mind. And I, I do think that this movie did a good enough job. Yes, there was some some foreshadowing that came in, but I think it did a good enough job making me 
wonder, you know, throughout a majority of the movie, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy? Yeah, I thought it played a, a cool game of of sort of going, well, what is going on here, really? What is the the cause of everything that's led these two characters to be where they are, and yeah. and what is going on in the outside world, and and why and how and all those. I was asking those questions as I went along. So moving into spoilers, I, well, Justin, if you got a point, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I don't. But for moving into spoilers, I'd like to. Well, I, I just want to know: Do you guys think there were too many twists in this? I mean, yes. Like it, it kind of did start to feel like twist and then twist for I, twists. Sake. I think that's what too many that, twists. That's where it lost me. Was that yeah. last half an hour where you were getting the answers and it was just answer, 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 answer. Right. Nothing had a chance to simmer a bit. You didn't have a chance to think about it. It was just like, mm-hmm. this is the bad guy. No, they're the bad guy. No, they're the bad guy. It was like, right. you know. The um, pacing was a little bit And it just ended. And it just ended, eh? Yeah. You know, it's, she's that just like, shot. please, mother, no, don't do it. Okay, fine, kill me and I'm out of here. And, you know, you're on your own and then yeah. it's over. It was like, really? I mean, I think when it came, when as soon as it opened up and they the, she was outside, I, I was immediately... I think I was immediately more intrigued by the world of it. And that made me want to see more of it. And so when it did abruptly end, I was, I was pretty disappointed because I, I felt, I felt like maybe this should be a series. I could have almost seen it Netflix. better as a six as a one, part series. Yeah, one season, short yeah, little. Six little episodes would have helped you explore that second part of the movie that they, they really took their time in that first yeah. hour and a half of setting up the world and setting up, how the dynamic between mother and daughter worked and, mm-hmm. and, and, and everything like that. And then all of a sudden they bring in this new element and it rushed to the finish line without much, you know, like they ran out of time. Yeah. yeah it just looked sloppy in that aspect. Like yeah. I totally agree with that. It it was, it felt you know, sloppy or it looked sloppy. It both felt and looked really. Sloppy. I just mean like in terms of like, you know, Kevin brings up good points. Like as you start to learn things yeah, they, you don't, you're not given the time for it to kind of like simmer and there's just so much to learn which is why I agree it should have been explored more as like a series yeah um rather than a full-fledged movie where things are just kind of sped up yeah right um apparently that's a lot of the critique uh, not to start to interrupt but um there's a series called Hannah and there was a movie that was released uh years before it I haven't gotten to check it out yet it's on I think it's on Amazon Prime we watched not. Hannah right did you watch the Hannah series or movie the movie, the movie. The movie. Yeah. So I haven't seen either, um, but apparently a lot of the critiques with the Hannah movie, while it's still a good movie, was that it should have been more a series, and then it got turned into that. So, I mean, I, that would be nice if, if that happened with this. Yeah, I don't think it will, Yeah, right, because <laughs> because it was a Netflix, but I, I think this is kind of like the problem with certain Netflix films is that, like, they just produce things based on the idea of yeah. them, and they don't really invest in, in terms of, like, the quality of the work. Like, this was uh, – it was a very rushed kind of – compressed story i mean i thought it was all really well put together i thought the 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 set pieces were really really well done i think the the mother character like she looked incredible there's a i feel like there's a difference though in terms of like you know it looking really good like in terms of the way it's shot yeah uh set design and all that that it it scores 10 on all of that for an independent little little movie it was quite impressive imdb says the only thing this director's actually really done I is mean, this? he's got a few others, but yeah. No, this but, is about it. Yeah. yeah, and I think it shows a lot of promise, right? right. I mean, what, he, he kind of reminds me. Write it. Yeah, you know. he did. He did. He wrote the story. Did he? Yep. Oh, okay. And he he wrote the story. He also, oh, yeah. um, I think he wrote the screenplay. This mm-hmm. is a. Uh, I think this is a bit of a personal. Oh, he was one of them. There were two yeah. other writers. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I think. Um, 
But getting into spoilers, yeah. Yeah. like, you know. Oh, I wanted to talk about one thing. Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I just wanted to quickly, the very end of the movie, um, so definitely spoilers, um, when the mother, the, the, the mother who reveals she's an AI and she's now in a nether robot body um, as signified by a different color, she walks into that, that what, shipping, container. shipping container and the woman is there. Hillary Swank. Hillary yeah. Swank. And which also, can we talk about Hillary Swank? I thought she did. I usually don't like her. Yeah. She was quite good in this. I thought I she thought. was good. You didn't, I mean, I didn't like anything about the character and what it did to the movie. Sure. Um, but I thought she was quite good in it. Yeah. You think, do you think uh, she was underutilized? She was underutilized. Yeah. She was, she was in it for. Doesn't like, even have a name. Yeah. Well, yeah. They call her woman. woman. But I think yeah. that was part of the, I think that's part of the charm of the, the movie is right, daughter, okay. mother, woman. Right. Okay. Um, and just establishing those characters. But um, when she goes into that shipping container and presumably kills her, uh, I guess, so was that revealed? Cause I was a little confused at the end. So that was revealed that she was one of the clones that, that, had gotten away um in because when i'm watching the movie the entire time i'm thinking hold on a second i am mother is this the woman is actually the mother of the daughter like something happened there because halfway through the movie we discovered that there are a bunch of failed little girls and that the the sequence of us seeing presumably this one girl growing up is actually different test subjects that the the mother is working towards and, yes, and right. she had killed them. And you see that scene of, of the daughter go into that furnace and find a, a jawbone and freak out. And um, I thought that that was a little underexplored. She kind of freaked out for half a second and then it was, it was gone. But I, I think um, at the very end, I guess, I guess what they were going for. And I guess, I guess it could have been clearer was that, that cause she said you, you had a purpose. And I think that that woman was supposed to be the original test subject that got away. I don't think so because no. they, they didn't establish enough. Like she was, she was surprised to see this robot. Like she, yeah. if, if she, yeah, was she it was of one it. of those, like she's lying to herself. Like if she's the way she's acting, like it was, it right. would be, it would be weird no, the way she, she interacted she with the robot. Yeah. No. Yeah. She um, was surprised to see the because robot. Because now there. that opens up a whole new thing that I hadn't thought of. Cause the one thing that threw me off was, you see the days and it's like zero days since um, extinction, one day since extinction. And yeah. then when the little girl has grown up into the care, into the, you know, the daughter that we follow through the rest of the movie, it says 13,000 some odd days. Right. And that's 37 years. I've right. just done the math because it struck me as weird. And then I just completely so forgot the, about it until you said this. So, so the first, so is the first subject, the one that we see at the very beginning that, that she waits for is that, no, the woman. No. no, I don't think so. No. Because oh, I that think, would have been a, a pretty cool thing that so they could have disguised. <laughs> they yeah, could like, have disguised that better. Yeah, if they if they had disguised it and if they had if they had given Hillary Swank's character a purpose yeah. of why she was there, yeah. it's like she just stumbled there, right? And then she she knew that it was a fortress of some kind. Well, yeah, and they're they're trying to create intrigue, right? Like, is it like, oh, is she actually secretly trying to get in here to steal the supplies for her people? Is right. are they trying to you know are they trying to kill or the robots so they can trying, move in? Or, or is she just she has a mother complex and. She's just trying to get a daughter that she never had or was taken from her. Right. They, right? they set up this possibility of so many things, and then it literally turns into nothing. Yeah. How did she get shot? Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Inle- you know, unless the robots, unless Mother lied and the robots do use guns, like right. they never really go there. So again, this is where we kind of get back to how much greater would this have been if this was episode one and episode two was following the backstory of, of the woman. Sure. Right? I, I, or something I, like that. I just think, again, the, like the uncertainty of, of certain elements that we're all discussing here just yeah. show the lack of clarity that the narrative actually yeah. had. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's just wasn't clear and concise about that. That's a really interesting point. I actually didn't notice that, though. So that means then that girl, yeah. uh, daughter, mm-hmm. was actually not the original that we would have seen Correct. from no, day one. Yeah, right? because that's that's why we saw the bones and the, yep. the, and the no, scene, no, where, she, the scene where she sees the failed yep. subjects. Yeah. And, yep. and yep. She, she says that line, like, you killed them or something. Yeah. Um, I think, though, it, I guess it wouldn't work if they were clones because then, I mean, how are you using, Can you? I don't know if you can use clones to repopulate the world because if they're the same genetic You'd have a lot of trouble there. There'd right? be a yeah. lot of trouble yeah. there. <laughs> so I don't know if that would work. Um, so, so I mean, th- those are initial thoughts and 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 spoilers and and discussion. Uh, let's move into our our last uh, portion of this here. Our final score, um, Kevin. What do you give it? Uh, okay. Um, I think there was a lot of promise to it. Um, I mean, this is a pretty tired and 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 overused trope in sci-fi movies. This mm. whole human artificial intelligence relationship yeah um so it's not like it was it was strikingly original in what they were presenting to us you know it's very matrixy where the robots are using humans for a purpose of their own whatever you know we've obviously seen this a whole bunch of times um but i think for a netflix movie uh you know a sort of smaller indie sci-fi sort of thing i think a lot of it was well executed again i thought the set pieces um mother herself was a fantastic robot character yeah, roseburn like Shout she did she did a really great yeah. job there with the with the voice acting um i think the young lady who played daughter was really good in it to be essentially alone on screen for 90 percent of that movie you know interacting yeah. with nothing but uh, a robot i think she did a great job i was i was actually quite hooked on this movie and i think the introduction of the other character sort of through the movie for a loop especially when it was underwhelming in terms of its payoff i just don't think it was developed enough to succeed. Yeah, like um, they rushed. They rushed half they, of the movie. They rushed that second half of the movie. Yeah. The, the first half is was really atmospheric. It was scary. It mm-hmm. was tense. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I think it was being alone. You were alone with this girl in this bunker. You know, when the power goes out and yeah. mother's unoperational. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was afraid with her. Like I thought they did a really good job. Yeah. And so they sort of lost that towards the end, and that really is what kind of lowers the score for me. I'm going to give this 6.8 out of 10. 6.8 embryos out of 10. There we go. All right. Cool. How about out of, out of five? How many embryos? Sorry. Okay. We're uh, going to stick so, to a okay, five well, scale. Uh, uh, if my math is correct then, then that would be a uh, 3.4 out of five. 3.4. Okay. Oh, see, then now that sounds higher. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with a solid uh, 3.1 out of five. All right. Justin. So I... I think that the set design, the look, and the feel, they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, to Kevin's point, though, it is an over, overused sort of trope within sci-fi, mm-hmm. um, which w- one reason it doesn't feel different. It, it doesn't feel different at all. Um, I think this is a hodgepodge of different ideas smashed together that are not properly executed with actually like good writing. Yeah, and actual good direction of like how we move through these things. I totally agree. The first bit was very atmospherical, and it felt very eerie, and you know, just it put you in the place. Mm-hmm. 
but then you know the introduction of Hillary Swank's character and everything just kind of just it just went downhill for me. Um, so how many embryos? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two embryos out of five. Two embryos out of five. Round number. There you go. Rookie score. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Rookie score. I mean, uh, for <laughs> me, uh, as far as round numbers are concerned, I'm I'm using. So I've been using an app lately, uh, not to deviate too much, but called Letterboxd. Um, yeah. Get it, use it. It's awesome. Um, you can see at least what I'm reviewing on it. Uh, if you want to, under geek centric, we might change that. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but um, I I thought this movie. I was ready to come in, giving it a little bit of a higher score, and then after having this discussion with both of you, I've kind of lowered my score a little bit because I think at the end of the movie, I immediately thought I wanted more, and it was because of that that I had a higher score in place. But now realizing that I wanted more because they didn't do a good enough job giving me enough in the way that they gave it. If it was they gave me enough and then I still wanted more, I think it would deserve that higher score. But because now through this discussion, I'm starting to realize, no, 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 wait, they kind of just rushed that second half, like you said, of the movie. Um, I was ready to give this 3.5 embryos out of five. I'm bringing that down to three embryos out of five. That's so I have the score. highest score. Jeez. There you go. You love this movie, Kevin. Well, Why do you, what's your obsession with I Am Mother? Well, that's it uh, for Watch Club. Listen, we've got some rules for Watch Club. Kevin, can you just give the, our listeners the rules for Watch Club? The first rule of Watch Club is please talk about Watch Club. Absolutely. Talk about Watch Club. Let your friends know. Ask them to check out our, you know, our, our podcast. And if you have any suggestions for Watch Club uh, or, or, you know, any, any you know, I, what you want to watch, uh, write into wearegeekcentric at gmail.com and, uh, and you can let us know, you know, what your thoughts are, what you, what you would want to watch for Watch Club. You can also hit us up on Twitter at GeekcentricYT. That's GeekcentricYT. The YT's for YouTube. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, episode two, guys, in the bag. We're, we're off to a good start here, I think. We've got lots of cool segments like Movie Combat, Watch Club, Total Recast, uh, planned out for future episodes, as well as a few other segments that we haven't quite talked about yet. Of course, if you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. We are geek-centric, and you can be too, which means you can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash geek-centric. And you can also, as Justin mentioned, follow us on Twitter. But you can also follow us on Instagram. We are at we are geekcentric. Um, Justin, Kevin, thanks so much for joining me for today's episode, you guys. Thanks for having us, sir. Thank you, sir. And as we say, love ya. Get home safe, guys. Peace.